Hello and welcome to a special Romaniacs Library cast in the shadow of the statue of Isaac Newton at the British Library. Uh, I'm afraid that the, uh, that the hard Brexiters are fucking us the way they're fucking <laughs> Theresa May. <laughs> because Ian and I uh, made special arrangements to, uh, to meet here and record a special uh, podcast edition about the resignation of David Davis, which we just did. It was excellent. However, you will never hear it. <laughs> Because, because Boris Johnson, who I explicitly said in the podcast you will never hear, should not resign until Wednesday morning, just before we record, has just resigned. Uh, so, Ian, we did talk about what would happen if he did. Now he has. Um, how, how much, um, you know, to, to lose one cabinet minister is unfortunate, etc., etc. Three, three, actually. Three, that's, that's true. I forgot about Steve. Um, Good old Steve. Good old Steve. <laughs> I've literally forgotten his surname. Let's call him Steve. Um, so this looks like a kind of full-blown uh, hard Brexit rebellion, then. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it could it could still end now. So I remember back in uh, February, uh, February what the hell, back in on Friday, Downing Street was being pretty bullish about stuff going into the Chequers summit. We're sort of saying, look, we can afford to lose a couple, and in fact, it wouldn't be you know we can we can handle one. Now, obviously, a lot of that is expectation management, but. You know, you have to take them at their word, and it's possible that it could stop there. Theresa May is about to hug Michael Gove very, very tight indeed. He is the one person with Brexit credibility who has, you know, stood there. He was, you know, pretty uh, almost gushing in his praise for, for what she'd done. He didn't come out with the kind of statements that Davis did beforehand. He didn't come out with the kind of statements that Boris Johnson was giving afterwards about it being a turd that he needed to polish and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it, she, there is still a chance there for, for her to keep this thing firm. If she does manage to do that, nevertheless, there is now a link between people who were in Cabinet and the malcontents on the backbenches, you know, Jacob Rees-Mogg Brigade and the yeah. European Research Group. But she could still manage to, you know, win that through. On the flip side, this could be the start of a sort of avalanche, really, and it could be the start of her having no credibility there at all, which would, which would ultimately land up in some kind of leadership contest. Now, trying to think through how that operates. Um, you can do that without going back to the country. And, you know, the British constitution that doesn't exist but kind of does if you can check out all the various books in various times and places in which it's written down. Um, Tory leadership rules mean you pick from a bunch of MPs, you'd whittle them down to two, and then it goes out to the membership. Now, yeah. the membership are very Brexity indeed. So Oof. we could expect someone to come back that was even certainly more hardcore than where Theresa May is now, probably more hardcore than where she was right at the beginning of this thing. However... Let's say it's Jacob Rees-Mogg or a Jacob Rees-Mogg type. They're still not going to be able to get that stuff through Parliament unless they have another election, which anyway I don't think would give them the MPs to do it then. I don't think that there's a majority in Parliament for that kind of no-deal Brexit, which is ultimately where you end up at if you're not pursuing the kind of options that she is right now. Um, so there is a thing to stop it there, even if it goes this way. It's, there's a chance that they are throwing this all away now and that this all ends up with Remain, but it could at the same time all end up with no-deal as well. Because, I mean, one thing that's been on my mind recently is the fact that so many... One of the great, I think, democratic problems with Brexit is that so many people made their decision and then they just tuned out because mm. it was too complicated and it was too messy. So what you haven't had is enough people following it closely enough to, to change their minds. I think a lot of people haven't changed their minds because it literally hasn't been on their mind. <laughs> this now just seems to be... I mean, I, nothing is unignorable if you're apathetic enough, but... I mean, this just seems like such a, an abundant shit show. <laughs> I mean, 
is there anything that kind of like sort of move public move public opinion? Because it seems like what if you if you did end up with a leadership challenge and a kind of mog situation, and the Tories, you know, pushing hard for a hard Brexit, which even the majority of their MPs don't support, mm. and Labour do not support. I mean, you can you can say what you like about you know a Labour sufficiently anti-Brexit, but they're certainly not up for a No Deal. Mm. It, I mean, surely this becomes sort of electorally untenable. It seems like a suicide mission for the Conservative Party. Yes, surely. There's been no democratic mandate for this at all. Now, during the campaign, they were told it would be very easy to get a deal, let alone the fact that there wouldn't be one. Certainly during the general election campaign, nobody got a majority, but they were certainly going for it while saying that there was going to be a deal. Is it, there is no democratic argument, no legitimacy whatsoever for changing leaders and going for that in this context. So that seems very, very um, sort of improbable that they would do it, and it seems like the kind of thing that would absolutely destroy the Conservative Party. I have been getting, you know, okay, so my way of looking at this stuff is, is ultimately that almost all of it is through the prism of extremes versus the, the moderate compromise in the centre. Now, what we've seen over recent days has been moves towards a moderate compromise in the centre. Theresa May comes out this plan now is obviously completely fucking bananas. There's no way the EU would split the single market in terms of goods and services. Um, there's no way they'd allow the customs partnership. But she was creating a base camp from which we would expect further concessions to be made. Given the strength and the regularity of business intervention in this debate right now, given how sturdy uh, the EU was looking on its positions, we were thinking that you know, in the next three or four months we would see her shifting on services in the single market and the stuff that she was saying about a mobility framework essentially looked like a kind of strict version of free movement. You know, saying EU citizens would be able to come and look for work is exactly what they are able to do on the freedom movement if you interpret it strictly and chuck people out after three months if they don't have a job. That was where the compromise was. Now, whenever that compromise breaks down, you're back to the extremes. Remain on one hand, or extending Article 50, um, or a no-deal Brexit. Again, I can't see any parliamentary majority for those options, but they are both massively increased whenever something like this takes place. Now, the core components of what is taking place are not there today in what we're seeing. However, the theatre is extremely damaging for the Brexiters. The kind of texts I've been getting today, the kind of messages from people who are vaguely aware of the stuff that goes on in Brexit but not following it closely, is all like, look at what a shit show this thing actually is. Like, how can it be falling apart this badly? Mm. The kind of questions being asked on the Daily Politics and other programmes, which usually don't ask too tough a question, frankly, of Brexiters, is, this is not what you said during the referendum campaign. Why is it proving so difficult, given that you said it would be easy? So this does open up lots of interesting possibilities. It is not my preferred course. Today is still a bad day, in my opinion, because it takes us away from that drift towards slow Brexit that I think we're in over the weekend. But still, whenever things get volatile, possibilities open up. Even the Today programme this morning, albeit Nick Robinson, not John Humphreys, was giving Jeremy Hunt a hard time about what an obvious mess this was and the way that he was just trying yeah. to kind of like, you know bluff it out and go well David what's wonderful work sad to see him go you know doing that very kind of uh, soothing patrician Tory thing mm -hmm. and and Nick Robinson was having none of it there is, there's no tone of voice with which you can sell this it's just like yeah. it's just a thing that happens in politics there was an interesting moment as well when um, John Humphreys asked uh, David Davis so what's your alternative and then David Davis just waddled on in this kind of feckless blather but and, and Humphreys didn't go back to it. But the question was asked, even by Humphreys, who could be our litmus test of the most Brexity that any ostensibly neutral commentator, uh, questioner can be. Now, that's interesting, because that suggests that actually we can, might start having a situation where these people are asked, OK, fine, if not that plan, yeah. then what exactly is your fucking plan? 
And there is no way for them to answer that question. It would be perfectly possible, of course, for them to do so. They could say, we are willing to cause massive damage to the British economy and we have to do it over this time frame. However, they're not prepared to say it. They're still in the world of cake and eat it. So they're going to you know, continue with the unicorns. If that is the kind of question they are facing, this could be the moment that those guys are faced down and May ultimately is able to reassert her authority, maybe with or without a leadership contest, by the way. I mean, yeah. I think there's only probably about 50 or 70 Tory MPs who prize Brexit over the party, who ultimately think it's a matter of the heart of the country, the soul of the country, um, and who would do that. The rest of them I don't think are there. And I suspect that if this goes to a leadership contest, May will win it and be reaffirmed in her authority on that front. And she will then continue to be faced with a series of pressures from business and from the EU that mm. would lead her to dilute it further. And uh, in the kind of uh, deep cut uh, podcast that we're saving for the box set, we <laughs> talked about how, of course, you know, with David Davis resigning, apart from the kind of the politics of it, that it was quite good to see somebody who was manifestly not up to the job and, in fact, sort of almost contemptuous of the job. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you said that. He spent four hours in a room with Michel Barnier this year. Yeah. Um, now, Boris Johnson as Foreign Secretary, just on the basis of, of wanting Britain to have a Foreign Secretary who is not a global embarrassment, I mean, this is, this is a silver lining here, that he was... Surely, I mean, one of the worst holders of the office that we've had. He was. Let's, let's take a moment to talk about Dern Sturgis, who's the British citizen who died last night um, from Novichok poisoning from the nerve agent that Russia used in Salisbury. Okay, now, that's a British citizen killed on British soil by a hostile foreign power. The foreign secretary has been hidden in a fucking room today, consulting with his advisors, not on his principles to do with Brexit, which would be obscene enough as it is, given the severity of what took place overnight, but on basically how his career pans out. Okay, now, that is a low point for what is supposed to be a great office of state, for what is still a great country. It's an, a shocking state of affairs for us to be in, and it's very hard to imagine anyone taking over that role. Although I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if Theresa May manages to prove me wrong on this. <laughs> Ledsam or someone. Yeah, that would be worse, that would be worse than, than he is. He's been an abomination in the role, just a complete abomination, and a useful sign of just how profoundly degraded the, the standards of British politics have become, that he could even find himself in it, let alone be allowed to continue in it without being sacked and going of his own accord. I think that's something that I think a lot of people uh, are finding hard, is the idea that he was sort of allowed to resign when he was clearly not up to the job and he was only not sacked because of his Brexit position. Yeah. And now he's kind of... I mean, you know, May has to feel like quite a mug on that front. You, you, I mean, well, she can add it to the long list of things that she should feel a mug about. I mean, I was actually quite impressed that she managed to get through what she managed to get through on the Friday. I thought that there was a... Bu- she seemed to have locked people in. And then she just started throwing stuff in there. Again, that mobility framework is yeah. extraordinary. And you notice the way that Sajid Javid, who, the Home Secretary, who thought that he'd got an assurance from her that there will be no preferential visa system for European nationals. Afterwards, she completely refused to confirm that. Which means that she's basically playing him the same way she plays with Dominic Grief. These guys have got to start learning after a while. She doesn't mean a fucking thing she says. She'll go back on almost anything. Um, so, look, she, she now, it, now I have to take back anything nice I said about her on the Saturday. N- not really from her own fault, but just on the basis of the bit that we thought that she had secured. She yeah. has also failed to secure that. And she is faced with incalcitrance. It's absolutely true. But I would just say their strength has been improved 
for how eagerly she fed them what she wanted at the beginning of her time. And now, as it gets close to the crunch line, she tries to pull back into a more sensible place. Then we look, it's too late. It's, you just can't do it. And that seems to be demonstrated right now. It doesn't have to end up that way. Like, I think she's got the numbers in the Conservative Party to survive uh, a minor challenge or even a full-blown sort of leadership challenge, an official one. I think she could get through all of that. You know... I, it's hard to say that you have any store or confidence in the manner in which she would go about that things or the kind of judgment she would do. But it's possible that she'd survive after all. So it perhaps might be quicker to predict things that definitely won't happen than predict things that, that could. Because we could have a leadership challenge, there could be an election on the way, there could be a, a Labour government in the next, you know, in the, in the near future. Yeah, let's okay. Let's should we try and break that down because it, you know, we're, we're kind of thinking off the hoop here. We literally found out about this seconds ago. Um, yeah. But th- there is a sort of series of steps that that could lead to that. Now, like we say, we you don't need to have any kind of general election in order to have a new Tory leader. You'd have a new Tory leader put in place. We presume they'd be quite hard Brexit. They would try to force through a no deals Brexit or rather a deal no deal one. So you'd have like a basic aviation treaty and, and about that. Maybe a little something for a sort of EU migrant rights or something. Although that's even that's not guaranteed then I don't see that they can get it through this House of Commons. I don't think they can do it now, and I certainly don't think they can do it with all of the kind of democratic poison that comes from trying to do it without going back to the country for that mandate in the first place. Then it's very hard to avoid a general election. And even though there's no mechanism for that in the Constitution, uh, the the Constitution doesn't really exist, um, there is, however, the political reality of the situation which would drive you towards a general election. Well, and it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of, it seems like a bit of a dream situation for Labour, even though, um, let's say, Corbyn's not doing fantastically well in the polls at the moment. But if you have a Tory government pushing a a hard Brexit, you can be, even as the soft Brexit party, you've got those Remainer votes because it's like the other side is so terrifying that you don't, you don't really sort of, it's not really the time to kind of storm out and and vote for the Lib Dems and risk, like, a kind of a MOG government minute. So it seems like quite good news for... Yeah, it would depend on your seat, of course. I mean, if if the Lib Dems are the best way of stopping the Tories, you do it that way. Oh, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. tactically, yeah. Um, No, but you're you're surely completely right. And in in the way that the last election was not a Brexit election, even though it was sold to be, once we got into the campaign, there was almost no talk of that because everyone just had their boilerplate statements, meaningless statements, and they just, you know, banged out at quite the rate. In this case, it would surely have to be a Brexit election because really what you're voting on is no deal. And Labour in that case would be very broad. They'd take on all the Remainers. They'd be able to take on, you know, even quite sort of moderate levers because you'd be able to say, well, look, we're, we're the ones that want to deal. You know, yeah. we're, we're still in the realm of reality-based stuff where yeah. we still want to have a manufacturing industry in this country in some shape or form. So one would expect Labour to do well, but of course you can't guarantee these things. The other thing to add to that is, look, at the moment Labour are trailing in the polls, seems extraordinary given the fact that the Tory party is in a greater state of chaos than I think we've seen any governing party, probably in the post-war era, maybe minus 1979, although I think probably they're doing worse than Labour were in 1979. Um, However, Jeremy Corbyn does come alive when it's some kind of campaign. It doesn't matter whether it's internal against his leadership or whether it's external. He seems like he actually gives a shit about the world around him all of a sudden and comes alive. So, again, on that front, you would expect them to do quite well. But, you know, at the moment, extremely chaotic, all bets are off. Well, whatever happens, I'm not going to keep dragging you back down Grayson Road <laughs> to do new versions of this podcast. I feel like I'm having a weird dream where we're <laughs> yeah. just having the same conversation over and over again. This nightmarish loop. Um... <laughs> But, so I don't care who else resigns. You're not getting a special podcast. Go swivel. 
Um, but who do you, who else do you think who would be next? Obviously, when we were talking earlier about David Davis going on Sunday night, we were like, well, the next one who might go is mm. Johnson. Now he's gone. Is there is there a kind of is there a chain of dominoes here? Yeah, there's. I suppose there's Leeds. I mean, you could imagine you could imagine sort of up to five maybe or something like that, that that she could lose the question is then when does it become impossible I don't think it's impossible to survive without these two Yeah, she can replace them she can struggle on it's not going to be a thing okay yeah shit that's a prediction I shouldn't be making I don't think this is a thing about her falling down in the next five days right. I think ultimately this is about taking sustained damage like you know a hole in, in, in the ship that you're just letting in water letting in water letting in water that's all about there being a link between these big beasts I know they're not big beasts in any kind of objective <laughs> sane sense but in terms of how they're perceived in the party these guys that were around the cabinet table and the malcontents on the back benches and that is dangerous for her internally and it could sink her although I imagine that would be a question of weeks or months rather than days and that's all the news at this precise moment there's no more room for news we're full up with news Uh, so we will uh, see you again in the regular podcast later in the week thanks Ian cheerio